Today is February 8th, 2018. And on this episode of the Creative Church Podcast, we talk with founder of Serve Studios, the head of design at Aflac, and co-founder of Creative South, Mike Jones. This week's episode is sponsored by StockUp. StockUp is the most affordable way for you to create video content. For $25 a month, you get unlimited, license-free 5K, 4K, and HD stock video. From aerials to missions videos to Christmas to Easter, StockUp has everything you need, and they're adding 1,000-plus new clips each month. Stop hundreds of dollars per clip and get all the 4K ProRes files you need for only $25 a month. StockUp is the source for unlimited stock video for only $25 a month. Download an unlimited amount of files, no contract, and no licenses. If you want to give StockUp a try, right now they're offering full access to their entire library for free for the first 14 days. All you have to do is go to StockUp.com slash Creative Church. That's S-T-O-K-H-U-B.com slash C-R-T-V Church. That's S-T-O-K without a C, StockUp without a C. Uh, you're listening to the Creative Church Podcast, where each week we talk about the latest in Christian creative culture and explore lives of prominent creatives. My name is Nick Goodner. And I'm Ross Montgomery. How was your week? Um, full of kids throwing up. So, yeah, that's that's about as glamorous as it sounds. Oh, and, and it hit me, too, like at the end of the week. So that was even better. So, yeah, it was it was a rough week. I'm hoping hoping this week is better. Yeah, that that sounds rough. Like I said last week, we're not far enough away for I got to move. We're too close because I can't do the throw up. I can't do the, the sickness. I can't do any of that. You're, you'll so. you'll do like the dumb and dumber. You'll start like dry heaving just at the thought of someone throwing up. Yes, yes, that's yeah. exactly. I mean, right. I can count on one hand how many times I have thrown up in my life and yeah, it it is definitely not my favorite thing, but man, I felt better instantly. Mm. after after doing so so that's what a lot of people say whenever they throw up they feel better instantly so oh yeah no it was like it was totally a stomach bug and i instantly had a crushing headache and spent all day saturday recovering so yeah that was oh but i did discover while i was recovering um the good place i have never watched that and i and it was on netflix i just saw i was like oh great and on another podcast i listened to they had one of the writers on as a guest and and man I really enjoy that show. It's laugh out loud funny. Like literally <laughs> my my youngest daughter, nine months old, fell asleep on me and I'm sitting there trying to stifle my belly laughter, but it's hard because it's so funny. You're the best dad. You know, <laughs> I see those t-shirts at Disney all the time. You're the best dad. It's like you keep you keep using that word. I don't think it means what you think it means. Oh, also, also, just this is a side note, a little housekeeping note. Uh, this week, someone brought it to my attention that we have referred or referenced Disney every single podcast. I mean, I don't see why not. We've done it 12 times, and every single podcast, someone says Disney, someone references Disney uh, to the point where they think that, you know, that we might be subliminally trying to trick people to come to Disney. Which we are, or or we just need to take the next step and get them to sponsor some episodes. Yeah, exactly. I feel like they should already be in sponsoring the show. Yeah, so. I mean, I don't know. That's just my thoughts. My two cents. They're, they're doing a lot right now, so I, I don't. Yeah, see why they're they're fairly creative folk. 
So moving it into our direction. So yeah. Well, we have a great show planned for everybody today. Coming up later, we talk with Mike Jones. Uh, up next, though, is trending. Welcome to Trending. Each week, Ross and I gather one article from last week's headlines that's important to us and that we feel is impacting culture, church, or creators, and we discuss it. Ross, what do you got for us this week? Well, Inc.com, I I ran across um, an article there that says the headline uh, is as follows. You're 96% less creative than you were as a child. Here's how you can reverse that, or here's how to reverse that. And uh, they just kind of list some four ways to to kind of take a step back and look at creativity and kind of maybe have a spark again about how you can be creative. And so um, obviously we'll, we'll link to the article in the show notes, but, but here's kind of the basic points is one, go for a walk while listening to happy music, which. Oh, that's a, that's a good one. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the entire premise of Pharrell's happy. So there you go. Um, Mike, Mike Jones, uh, in our interview today, he talks about that his friend does 90 minutes on and then a 20-minute walk yeah. to stay creative. Yep. Oh, yeah. Just a breath of fresh air can help. And if you live in colder climates, I mean, just taking a walk around a building or, you know, changing up your scenery even can help. So, yeah. Yeah. Get, get, I, in, uh, there's one place in Anchorage they have – it's like a standing desk, but then they put a treadmill under it. Ooh, that's cool. Yeah. So – Anyways, yeah. Um, number two is let your mind wander. I have no problem with this. I'm very much a daydreamer. So, um, yeah, they kind of go on to to describe kind of, you know, ways. And, of course, they back this up with different studies that have been done with Stanford researchers, Berkeley. Um, not Berkeley. I'm sorry. I totally uh, – They've they also back these – up with studies by like Stanford researchers, UC Santa Barbara was one. Um, so, you know, th- these are things that you can do in between each task. Just take a moment, let your mind wander. Um, but anyways, you know, there, we talked with um, Carlos Whitaker, uh, you know, way back on several episodes ago, and he mentioned setting a timer to just let yourself observe your surroundings. That can be, you know, something that you kind of put into practice. So, Um, number three is partner with actual kids and having kids, uh, four and under, they definitely look at the world differently and they have, I mean, they definitely take things literally sometimes. And sometimes that can be like the most profound, creative way of looking at something. And it's pretty entertaining and, and kind of often I find myself pausing and saying, oh, I would not have thought to look at that that way. (laughs) And so it, yeah, that's definitely because kids are inherently creative. Oh, they like, are. Because they they they're know still discovering they things around no them, so they're like, "This is the best thing I can relate to right now, and this is how it mm-hmm. looks." And yeah, it's it's pretty funny. Kids are a a class people who can um, little people. They're shorter people, and they can uh, they can connect the dots faster than us adults sometimes, and explain things simpler. Oh, yeah. than most adults. Yeah, especially if they can grasp the complexity, then they can kind of you know, oh, it's just like this and it's like oh well thank you child Uh (laughs) (laughs) yep and and then the last one is imagine the base best case scenario and just talk about optimisms and studies that have been done with that and how um that can kind of help 
uh, cultivate that creativity. So if you find yourself being cynical and pessimistic often, you might look to change that. <laughs> that's a that's a good that's a good thought too. I was reading a book, um, The Disney War by Michael Eisner, and that's one of the things whenever he came back to Disney, Disney was failing. Um, and whenever he came back to Disney to be the president and the CEO, he instituted daily or excuse me, weekly t- meetings in which Imagineers and executive came up with three ideas not limited to anything, no budget, uh, no no limitations whatsoever, and each one were supposed to bring three ideas. And that's how they came up with some of their best stories, like The Little Mermaid, uh, Beauty and the Beast, and even some of their greater attractions. So mm. removing those limitations, I know I know as creatives, I think sometimes we think, oh, we can only be creative if we're leveraging our limitations. Oh, yeah. That's true, too. And if you're working but... for a smaller outfit that has a limited budget, sometimes you feel negative because of that low number hanging above your head. And that right, should not be right. a barrier at all. Right. And I think for us, I think it would be great to say, what's something we can do with no limitations? Well, what's some creative thoughts we can have with no limitations? Then if we do find out, you know, we got this one great idea, how could we actually do that? And then trying to figure out is another way that we can creatively exercise our brain. So I love I love that optimism, that, uh, that idea that we approach things creatively First, by experiencing it with no limitations. Yeah, so, that's cool. That's a great article. Yeah, That's awesome. My article um, is a little bit different. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Neil Patel. Uh, I believe that's how you pronounce his name. He's a marketing guru, and uh, he recently dropped a article titled How to Make Content Go Viral with These Six Earned, Owned, and Paid Hacks. And I'm not going to read all six because some of them... Um, they were a little bit highbrow for me, so I didn't really kind of understand them very much. <laughs> but there were two that really stood out to me. I was like, oh, okay. Because I'm, because to be honest, I'm not a marketing guru. So numbers, data, all that stuff doesn't really make sense to me sometimes. So that's why the, the other four didn't really connect with me. Gotcha. But these two really stood out. And I was like, that is genius. That's smart. So the first one was uh, create short content. One of the big things I noticed while reading his blog especially was that he had taken and broken each of his points into several different sentences. Mm -hmm. So instead of having a long paragraph that I would read, it was like one sentence, and then I'd read the next sentence, and then I'd read the next sentence. And if you're a fan of Donald Miller's blogs or his newsletters, he does that Mm -hmm. too. It's actually becoming a, a pretty big trend for bloggers to yeah. start writing like that yeah, especially and, and even in with newsletters they're starting to do more simple formatting with uh shorter bursts of content and my original thought was well that 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 must be troublesome because as a writer i tend to weigh down my paragraphs with a lot of unworthy text yeah you just want to keep the source.com open and put all the fancy words in right that's that's just what i want to do all the time you know but whenever i was breaking it down into sentences i was thinking each sentence as one paragraph which made me eliminate a lot of excess content that didn't really mean anything. And uh, it made things a lot better, made things a lot more tactful. And it made, I let my wife read it. And she was like, wow, this is a really easy read because of that reason. Hmm. Um, so I, I think for a lot of content creators and pastors, we think that short's not always impactful. However, for me, I, I find that, that that's not true. Ross, what are your thoughts? No, yeah, I, I agree. I think it's... Um... It's kind of like the idea you have with video content and social media. You know, people see something that's under two minutes, they're more likely to stop and read it or watch it. Um, And if it has captions, they're more likely to stay on there and read the captions. Um, So, yeah, I think this kind of short, hey, here's headline, here's a little bit about it, just kind of the main stuff. And especially when they put personality behind the writing, um, yeah, you're engaged with it a little and, and you're thinking, oh, this isn't that long. I can read this real quick. And you take the 
the time to do that. I've caught myself doing that oftentimes. So I try to think about if I'm an average user, then this is, this is how I react. This is how I want other people to react. And, and so I try to analyze from that. And yeah, I'm, I'm noticing exactly what you're talking about. Because for a little while, you at Plum Creek, you guys were doing short video announcement bite-sized segments. Um, Which we're going to get back to uh, here this week, actually. Yeah, in your social media. I mean, how long were those? 30 seconds? Uh, so, yeah. I mean, that's 30 to 40 seconds average. And there were just reminders for people during the week about what's going on at the church. I, I love that. That was a great yeah. idea. And, we're tra- and we've been retooling kind of the copy around that, like, you know, that content thing. So we're hoping to, you know get the engagement and get the attention to be um, a little more focused uh, from us. And that that's the kind of attention that we get. Uh, pastors, if you're listening, you know, think about shortening those sermons down a little bit. Uh, you know, people retain information better whenever it's shorter and it's said several times versus whenever it's longer and said once. So uh, that's, that's just an idea. Second was leverage user generated content. And uh, this is a day one practice for us here at Creative Church. Uh, What it means is that the content creator, in our case, Creative Church, uh, uses something that the audience or our community creates. In this case, in our case, pictures. Yeah. Crowdsourcing the pictures that we do for our Instagram. Yeah. Those, those, we don't take those pictures. Our audience takes those pictures. Our community takes those pictures and uh, we republish them. And uh, so that's a big thing that, you as a church can be doing because I've stressed this to churches several times, especially the ones that say I can't get good photos because I'm not a photographer or we can't hire one at yeah. the church. That's just not true. Every person in your community with an iPhone six or higher or a Google or, pixel you know, two or a Google pixel two with the best uh, camera for a smartphone. <laughs> I mean, those people, they're naturally photography driven. I mean, they're going to take pictures of your church. They're going to take pictures of your services. They're going to take pictures of your events. And you can always weed through them and find the ones that are taking really good pictures and then take that and highlight that picture and not only highlight that picture, but highlight them as well. And they'll be more apt to communicate or, or send that to you next time that they take a good picture yeah. of your church. And that, that that also breaks down and gives you a uh, community feeling yeah, online. Absolutely. Well, because that's what I, one thing I like about it, especially when I first discovered Creative Church was um, not only are are these incredible things you're sharing you're you're celebrating what those people are doing um the people behind those accounts and you're also providing some inspiration for those that are like oh i've never seen that in that context that's a cool way to do that um you know and hopefully you're getting more people to say i want to share what i'm doing and and also being able to see you know again that whole collaboration it just kind of comes full circle one of the cool things that you know that sticks out to me that we've done with our church was we had someone uh, tag us in a post they put on Facebook. They, they had, they kind of take notes in an artsy way. They do doodles around, you know, kind of make it look like this cool um, notebook style doodling with notes as, as they're listening to the message. And I was like, that's a really cool thing. And so we reached out to the person and said, can we like share this? And, you know, it, it, it was a really well-received post because it was this authentic, like, this is how this person takes notes in our message. And we hope that, you know, you guys are impacted by our message. I can't remember our exact copy, but it was just a cool moment to like celebrate what this person is doing. They thought enough to post it and tag us. And, you know, I just love how that can all work. And, you know, we can't forget the impact the church has on people's lives. Yeah. For all we know, this might push someone and inspire them to fulfill their passion that they're already currently passionate about. Yeah. So just by us taking an interest in their work. Oh, absolutely. 
And so we can't forget that as well. So so leverage user generated content. Those are the two big points that I pulled from that article. And uh, you can go read the rest. Like we said, it'll be up on our website uh, at creativechurch.com. Sweet. Well, up next, our interview with Mike Jones. Mike Jones is the founder of Serve Studios, the head of design at Aflac, and co-founder of Creative South. And to all this work, he brings a spirit of Southern hospitality and humble service to the people around him. Mike treats every design project like an opportunity to make the world more positive and beautiful for the people who encounter it. He has been drawing since he could eat crayons, and this passion led him to the University of West Georgia's graphic design program and a professional design career that has spanned 17 plus years and included work for brands like Aflac, ESPN, WWE, Realtree, and the Atlanta Falcons. Although his taste in art and food have diverged since his crayon eating days, the same spirit of creativity that fuels his work is also evident in his love of food, especially good Southern barbecue, as an outlet for nourishing relationships with family, friends, and strangers alike. Here's our conversation with Mike Jones. Well, thanks for joining us today, Mike. How is your day going? It's great, man. Thanks for having me on the show. Well, we definitely appreciate your time because you do about a billion things at once. (laughs) (laughs) Seems that way, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, one of the first questions I have is how do you manage all of that simultaneously while still pushing out like great products, services, I mean, the conference, everything else on top of each other? I get that question a lot, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The fun answer is I never sleep. Which there's some truth to that, honestly, but um, no, I mean, you just gotta you gotta figure out a way to make it balance. All I think th- this year, especially, it's it's balance for me is going to be key. But um, you know, you gotta kind of have a plan, get the right people in place. Uh, I think that's the thing that helps me the most is I'm surrounded by people who are amazing, right? People that do better things than I'll ever do. People that know more than I know. Um, have those folks surrounding you and have them. Um, have them have ownership of your same vision, I guess, if that makes sense. Um, you know, so like for the conference, I have some, not only they're dear, dear family friends of ours, you know, I consider them brothers and sisters, but um, I have those kind of folks that are volunteers for the conference. So for that end of it, they have just as much at stake as I do. And they're all in. So that helps me tremendously, right? It takes a lot of load off of me and allows me to free up other time to do my studio and, and then, you know, work full time and all these things. So you just got to kind of plan it out. So, you know, normally it's, you know, I'm doing the normal nine to five grind and then I get home and do family time and then family goes to bed about 10. I'll do creative South and serve and whatever else I need to do. And then I'm in bed late and I do it all over again. That's been my routine for years, and uh, I now am starting to change that routine a little bit and try to go to bed early and earlier and get up early um, and not stay out so late. I just I'm not getting any younger. <laughs> uh, well, so with all of that, um, and obviously, like you said, there's a lot of planning and intentional organization with your time mm-hmm. that goes into that. Um, I mean, do you ever get? to kind of a point where you experience creative fatigue and you, and is there any way you've found to kind of fight against that or? I think we all find ourselves in that boat every now and then where we're like, what am I doing? 
you know, can I even make anything out of this? And a, a good buddy of mine, uh, Shane Helm, uh, the designer in Nashville, he, um, well, Franklin, anyway, he's in Tennessee. Anyway, he uh, does this 90-minute sprint deal where he'll work for 90 minutes. He'll get up and go walk outside or something for 20, and he'll do that four times a day. And uh, I don't necessarily follow it to that extent, but I love that mindset. So it's like if I'm ever in this bind where nothing is sticking and nothing's working for me, I just I step away. Like I've, And I've had mentors of mine just say, you know, walk away from it, let it sit, move on to something else, you know, wait another day, something, come back to it. And, and be refreshed. But like, I mean, you'd be surprised what going outside and just like being quiet and being still, you know, pray, even praying about it, what we'll do. So uh, I try to just do that if I ever get stuck. But as you approach each individual uh, job and, and hustle with the conference, with serve design, and then your, like you said, your regular nine to five, do you kind of find your brain shifting from kind of the why behind what you do? Or do you instill that into all that you're doing at each place or, or does that any of that change? Does that make sense? For me, it doesn't change. Uh, at the end of the day, the why is still serving others with your talents that God gave you, right? I'm at Aflac to serve the team that's here, you know, and to grow something and to help change culture. And, and um, it's, it's all about service, right? So, uh, and that's why my studio is called Serve. It's from 1 Peter 14. It's like, that is the thing. So, Serving God, uh, others with your talent, He gave you. So, I um, I still kind of carry that through with all the stuff. You know, if it's if it's it's serving the team here at Affleck or serving clients with Serve or uh, serving my staff and and being of service to the attendees that come to the conference, uh, I try to carry that throughout. And and I try to put myself into everything that I'm involved with. Like my personality has to come through and and that sort of thing. How did you kind of uh, come along finding out your talent for graphic design and being able to put some things together visually in a pleasing way. Oh man, I've been, I I mean, I've been drawn since I was really, really little. Right. I just remember doodling Disney characters in my grandmother's house and her putting them on the fridge and, you know, seeing, you know, being in kindergarten and, and remembering like, like kids are doing scribble, scrabble and trying to figure out shapes. And I'm over there drawing like Donald duck and, like, you know, like you, you just, you get to this point where you're like, I love to draw. Right. And so I just carried that through and, and, uh, you know, um, I figured out that I, I liked, I liked computers when they came out <laughs> and, and they, that was a big deal, you know? And then I was like, Oh, video games and, you know, that whole, that whole genre. And then, that, then it just turned into this thing of, well, what can I do for a living? What if I kind of mash all that together? What is that? What profession is that? And then I figured out what graphic design was and, and got into it. And I, I, I mean, I have my degree. I love my, you know, my alma mater, but I, I learned so much uh, being in the real world from other real world designers than I ever did, um, you know, as a student. And I, I mean, I, that's not derogatory. It's just, you know, people who've been doing it for 20 years have something to say. So try to listen to those folks. But um, yeah, I, that's, that's what happened. So what's been some um, really rewarding moments in, in each area with your professional, with your serves design, and with your um, conference? Well, the conference, 
Yeah. Okay. We'll go. Well, I'm going to go backwards in that order. No, oh, that's totally um, fine. Yeah. The the conference rewarding parts is to see the relationships that get built, uh, or they get made from from uh, from it. Uh, I've watched so many people come together and do their own thing, or be inspired to do something greater than what they've been doing, or get outside their comfort zone, or you know, make lasting friendships. I mean, in, even for myself, I have made some friendships that are beyond friendships, right? Those are their, their blood to me, if you will. Um, that, that's, I think that's the most rewarding thing uh, for the conference. I think uh, also like we do a creative by design at the end of creative South. It's like our version of church. And last year, 176 creatives got to worship together. So that was pretty rad. Like that kind of stuff to me makes the most out of the conference. Like I love that fellowship. You know, there's something about hugging necks and breaking bread. That's I always say, you know, it is. It makes a huge difference to, to people's lives. So just hug your neck and go have a meal with them, right? You're going to learn so much about someone. So those things to me for the conference side of it have made the most uh, lasting impression. And then uh, for Affleck, I've only been here seven months. So uh, my team is is what makes the most the biggest impression on me here because they're they're like another family, extension of my family now. I mean, I see them. Uh, more than I see anybody and we work hard and play hard and it's a just they're solid folks you know they're all talented and they're all um, give you a shirt off their back so that that's what's made the biggest difference here so far and I mean and, and then you look at the company as a whole and what they do to help people uh, and the way they serve other people that's to me is a huge deal so uh, God opened this door and I'm glad I, have, I took the opportunity to walk through it and then for serve uh, it's all, uh, I think the, the one thing that my, I think my biggest takeaway from that, uh, as far as like, Oh, cool thing that has happened to us or whatever. Uh, we've gotten to work with some really great, great clients, some big clients, some awesome mom and pops we've helped get started up. But, uh, I got to rebrand my church. And when I did that, uh, I did this hand lettered piece. It was pretty sick. And then they built a sign out of it. One of those, uh, like, uh, LED signs and you know of the script lettering and they put it on the side of the building and it's like 40 feet wide by like 10 feet tall but it's right on the highway so when you every morning when I'm driving down the highway it's like boom like, <laughs> that's awesome so something you created right, right and it's like out there for the public to see so uh that was probably one of the highlights of just stuff for serve and, and being able to serve my church at the same time so is there any piece of advice that you received just really any time in life as you were kind of going along that you still keep in the back of your head and you uh, kind of recollect every once in a while when you need it? Oh, I mean, one that I share with Young Bucks for sure is uh, a piece of advice Von Glitschka gave me one time was post the kind of work you want to get, right? If you want to, if you want to get logos, post logos, right? Study logos, study branding. If that's kind of, if you want to get illustration, Draw every day, post your work, post your sketches. Post. And so people know that that's what you're into, right? If you're posting every single thing, uh, you know, they might not know that you you really want to get this kind of work. They might skip over it. You know, I, he just, he, that always resonated with me. Post the kind of work you want to get. So I try to do that. Uh, I'm very big brander, uh, illustrator slash letterer, I guess. Um, I kind of, you know, dig those directions. 
how do you deal with uh, with frustrating moments in your in, in anything you're working with? Because obviously you have clients, you have personalities, you have teams, and and sometimes there's going to be be moments that feel a little frustrating or or uh, not going the way you want. How do you deal with that? Uh, I have to just take a step back and and look at it from their point of view, and then also just take a breath and say, hey, you know, blowing up at the situation's not going to help the situation. So I need to like just calm down for a minute. I need to walk away and walk outside for a minute and think about the whole situation, come back in, talk to my mentors. If I need, if I need to go to that level or talk to my bosses, if it needs to go to that level or talk to the next level up to say, Hey, you know, if this is what's going on, here's what's, here's my solution. I want to get your opinion. I, you know, ask those folks They're they're in those places for a reason, you know, they're there to help. So use those resources and, um, and then once I cool down, I'll, and I have a clear head about the situation then I go and, and rectify it or try to find a solution. And, uh, you know, nine times out of 10, you know, the walking away allowed every, everything to kind of not get unfrustrated. And then there's sometimes where, you know what, the client's just frustrating End of story. They're, they're not going to, you know, and there's only two things you can do. You just bite your lip and do the 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 job but it sometimes you know it's okay to fire a client it's okay to say hey you know what this isn't working out for either one of us yeah uh, in a, in a grace-filled way of course yes yeah, total <laughs> grace-filled way man you should have should have led with that thanks yes uh, <laughs> definitely with grace you don't want to burn a bridge but at the same time yeah. you don't have to um you know you don't always have to do uh what the, what they want and and you're the expert you know and they need to be able to trust you with that. So sometimes it's okay to say, hey, you know what? I'm not the right fit. And uh, you need to find a different person. And and that's okay, you know? Um, you try not to do that, but it's okay if it happens. You you mentioned kind of, you know, having those rhythms in your life, taking walks, kind of family time, making sure that you're not getting burnt out, that you, you kind of make time for the things you need to do in the moment. Um, how do you find inspiration uh, amid all that? Do you use some of those rest times to kind of look around you? Do you, do you kind of have different resources you go to for inspiration? I, I, um, I definitely use those times for that. I always keep a sketchbook with me. Like I have my sketchbook with me 24 seven, it feels like, but uh, so I think, you know, just draw on it when you feel led. Like if, even if you're at a restaurant and something hits you, you know, grab a pen, scribble it on a napkin, take it with you. Um, so have your stuff with you where you can put those ideas down when they come to you. But then, yeah, I mean, I use sites like Design Inspiration is a good one. Uh, Dribble is a go-to for sure. Um, those are that's probably one that I go to more than anything, just because like there's so much good work on there, and there's so many different styles, and uh, they're from all over the world. It's not just here or in my state or my city. So, you know, I think for me that that's my those are my go-to. Pinterest has become a good one now lately. I know that sounds weird, but there's a lot of cool things on there for designers to look through. So that's, that's kind of where I find it. But yeah, I mean, nature, you'd be surprised what you can find out in nature. Or um, When you're walking down your city street, you know, you'll like for me, I love seeing like there's tons of old buildings in our downtown area. And I'll just be walking through and I'm like, oh man, look at that sewer grate or look at that, you know, brass plate on the building or look how that, you know, ornate brickwork was done or, or whatever, you know, and it was a spark some kind of mindset of, Oh, I could use that for that. Or, 
That would look cool in this. Or store it away for later. Yeah, (laughs) put it it in Arsenal for for later. Have you ever had a mentor relationship throughout your career as you were getting into graphic design? Oh, always. I think if you don't, you're missing a a vital asset to you. Um, I've always been told to to find one and and, um, learn as much as you can from them. Uh, I have two right now or more, actually, right, probably more than that, probably probably three, four, I don't know. It, it just depends on what I'm going through, who I'm calling. But, uh, yeah, I have several uh, folks that I call on a regular basis, and I have two right now that I talk to once a month. And you just check in and say, here's what I'm going through this week or here's what I went through this month and, you know, any suggestions. or And then they'll come back and be like, hey, you should read this book. Get your team to read this book. This is how I'm handling my team. Um, and these are guys who are in the same spot I'm in as far as uh, d- uh, title and profession and all that. And it's how do they handle and manage their team, whether uh, most of them have bigger teams than I do. So my team's only like our studio team is only 14, but our uh, my immediate team is seven well, seven count myself, six other people. So, you know, how do I manage those personalities and how do I manage, um, you know, the way that they work and their skill sets and whatnot. And those, those mentors of mine are invaluable to me in giving me some extra resources on, on how to get through it and how to learn to do it better. Yeah. It's good. Always valuable to have kind of a third party perspective on, on what you're going through. Definitely. And I, I think for young, for students, especially, uh, you know, find one to go out and find a professional in your area uh, in your town, in, in what you do. And, and, um, and just say, Hey, can we go have a cup of coffee? And then during the conversation, like, look, I'm looking for a mentor. Would you be up for it? Just be upfront, you know, be, be straightforward with them because not, you don't only want mentorship on the leadership side and on the <clears throat> management side, but it's nice to have the creative mentors too, who you look up to, to how did you do that? Or can you show me this tip or trick or whatever? There's, there's going to be mentors on that level too. So I think if you find, either find one person that does them both really well or find a couple that have their own strengths and, and just, uh, and get as much as you can. You know, you should learn from every single person you come in contact with. Everybody has something to offer. So what's coming up next for you, um, in all three areas and any area, what are you looking forward to? Oh man, I've got some conferences that I'm going to coming up that I'm looking forward to because that's just my way of getting recharged. You know, like you were asking me earlier, that's another way I do it is to go to conferences. Um, because I run one, I don't get to enjoy the the the, the day-to-day version of that because I'm managing it while, while it's going on. So I try to get to a few during the year, either to speak at them or to just be attendee. And uh, right off the bat, I've got a couple of where I'm just going to be an attendee and soak up the, you know, soak up all the awesomeness that's going to be in those. So I'm going to a few conferences. Uh, for Aflac, which is cool, and coming up in February, March, and then um, for Serve, we have a couple of big proposals out that we're we should hear back on today and tomorrow, or well, today and Monday. So looking forward to that, and just uh, we just got a new managing partner since I'm here full time. I got a managing partner now, and I'm excited that he's getting getting into the swing of it and figuring out the business and and helping manage that on the day to day so the brand stays alive and growing. So um, looking forward to that. And then Creative South coming up in April. So I'm stoked about that. And it's uh, we're, in, we're in, what, less than 
with less than 90 days out for sure. And uh, it's kind of making me nervous. <laughs> well, for someone that um, has never been to Creative South, what would you say are things that they can expect um, from this conference? Oh, if you've never been, the easiest way to describe it is, is let's see. The whole the whole point is is fellowship, right? So you, I'm I'm trying to get community people who um, chat with each other online all day. I want y'all to have FaceTime, right? So I'm trying to get people to come together for FaceTime. I want them to experience what Southern hospitality is all about in a in a real way, and I want uh, them to leave inspired to go do bigger and better things with the people that they made uh, that they met at the conference. So uh, that's kind of the 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 gist of the whole weekend. And, but, but if I had to equate it to something, it'd be like, if you came to your grandma's house for Sunday supper and she came out she hugged your neck and she prayed over you. And then you ate and hung out with your cousins for, you know, with like 800 of your cousins for the weekend. <laughs> like it's not like, like that, right? Like it's that kind of, uh, or, or some people have equated it to like going to summer camp and never want to come home. So, um, you know. I don't know if just that kind makes of, sense. Just kind of really strive for that close-knit feel and, and having different things at the conference that help foster that. A lot, a lot of FaceTime, a lot of breaks in between talks, a lot of opportunity to sit down and have meals. Um, you know, I try to break people out at dinner time so they can go have dinner together and not run folks too late into the night. Um, and then reconvene after dinner to have parties together and whatnot. But yeah, I mean, the the point is, is fellowship at its core and, yeah, I think we do a pretty good job of, of that. I think a lot of things can be missing like that, especially when you kind of get into a, I mean, we're definitely in a culture where we can work remotely. We can have these long distance connections and everything, but there's a lot to be said for getting down and being side by side with people. So, <clears throat> Like I said, hugging necks and breaking bread. <laughs> Two of the is best that, things. Is that the tagline? Is that the that, tagline right are, there? Did you? <laughs> that's, that's my personal tagline, but uh, the, the conference tagline is come as friends, leave as family. So, and that's, that's true. That's true. You ask any attendee that's, that's made an effort to make true connections there. And, and you'll say, you know, yeah, I met this guy and whatever. And now we're, we've been best buddies for four years, you know, or whatever. So, um, you get a lot of those stories. So what's something that you haven't done yet that you really want to do either personally, professionally? Wow. So many things. What is something I haven't done personally would be. Zip line. I really want to go zip lining, I, but it's a it's a it's a weight thing, right? Like they don't. I don't understand how that wire cannot hold ten thousand pounds, right? Like, come on, y'all, make it for heavy folks. Cause I'm a big dude, and this two hundred eighty pound weight limit is for the birds. So I want to go zip lining. It looks like fun, but you know, right now I got to get the I got to get under that that three hundred pound mark. Well, under the four hundred pound mark, but whatever. We won't get into that. Um, so that'd be fun uh, to do. And then I, I love to travel. So uh, going to, I'd love to visit Japan. That'd be another thing I'd like to do. I just like that whole culture. I, I just think it'd be really cool to go check it out. Um, and then uh, and then professionally, something I haven't done. I'd like to get into animation a little bit. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, animating the logos I build and that sort of thing. Uh, I'm going to try to pick up some of that this year. Try to learn some After Effects. I think that would be uh, be kind of cool. So, 
find out more about Mike and all that he is doing, visit our podcast episode page on our website at creativechurch.com. That's crtvchurch.com. Welcome to Reply All, where each week we pose a question and give you the chance to answer online in our Creative Talks group on Facebook. Last week, we asked you, what is one social media trend you wish would fade away into obscurity? We got a ton of feedback on this one, so here are a few of our favorites in no particular order or reading. Joe Cavazos, isn't that how you say his name? I believe so, yes. Joe Cavazos says, YouTubers that spend five plus minutes setting up their video before getting into the actual content. I agree completely. It's like, I I just want you to tell me what your headline said. Like, don't be clickbait. Just tell me. Cody Jensen said, posting an Instagram story uh, that you posted a photo on Instagram. Have you seen this? I have. And especially the one where they like scribble out the, the, the first, the latest post, the most recent. And they're like, go, go look at it. Go look at it. Go look at my profile. Why? They're trying to, I don't know. I, I mean, to be honest, you run social media stuff. It's how does that benefit anybody? I don't, I'm not a fan of it. I feel My like question it's, is how, it's a how is it even clickbait? How is it even clickbait? Because they want you to click on their on their account as you're watching through mm-hmm. the story, go to their thing, and then you know, obviously, the end goal is to get you to comment and or like on the. Um, on the thing, on the uh, post. Well, my uh, my thing would just be post a picture of it in Instagram story. Say, go like this photo. Yeah, just would appreciate. Just skip if, the go around. Would appreciate what you think of my new post and show a little bit yeah. of your post show on me your Instagram story. Like, just be honest with it. Like, hey, I'm right. posting this because I want you to go like it. Like, don't don't sit there and try to be sly about it. Ross and I are dropping some heavy wisdom on people just right real, now. So y'all get that. Get that word. right now. Well, and the, another thing I noticed this week that goes along the same lines is. There's uh there's some entertainment accounts that I follow and one of them had kind of this funny video and then the caption was completely something random that was like begging that was so desperate for comments they're like my battery's at eight percent what your what's yours at and I'm like that's the no I'm not even gonna like this video even though I think it's hilarious mainly out of principle so I actually unfollowed one account because of that they they'd done like several of those in a row and I'm like nope we're done here. You gotta get rid of those. You don't need those people in your no, life. No, no. Just get just get rid of that poison. <laughs> Bennett <laughs> Tobias poison. says every new mom who invests five hundred dollars in some amazing emojis, <laughs> amazing followed by emojis, health product, which magically allows them to brand themselves as a life and health coach. I got I got some words here. Okay. I want to first start off by saying this. I love the entrepreneur spirit. Yes. Man, I love people who hustle. Yeah. I love people who grind, but moms, single women, men, anybody who buys into these multi-level marketing schemes, (laughs) that ain't the grind we're looking for. That's not the benefit we're looking for. So uh, stop. (laughs) Stop cluttering my newsfeed. I don't care what the wraps do. I don't care how the Lululemons fit. Mm. Just, just Just stop. They fit like heavenly clouds. Listen, let me tell you something. You get into a multi-level marketing scheme where you're selling Girl Scout cookies all the time, then we'll talk. Mm. But until then, I, mean, I don't want no health product. Give me some of that cereal. Sorry. Rob said, when boring brands try to be relevant by making weak memes about themselves to appeal to Gen Z and millennials. I yeah. agree. Yeah. I, I've noticed that there's there there are some extremely boring brands. Like, tax like there's tax software that's starting to do it there's mm-hmm. all these like 
I, I agree, Rob. Like totally boring brands, and they're like, we're we're. <laughs> it reminds me. It reminds me of the. Um, uh, oh gosh, it reminds me of the Thirty Rock episode with uh, Steve Buscemi where he goes undercover in high school. Oh, Hello, yes. how do you do, fellow kids? Like that yes. is exactly that meme encapsulates boring brands doing memes. <laughs> we got um, Justin Nava who said, and this is in all caps with multiple exclamation points. So please, please, uh, getting tagged in LuLaRoe post. I don't care if you're my wife. Stop tagging me and joining me into these groups so you can win a free blouse. Everyone just see above. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah. I've already made my comments on this. See above. There you go. All right. It was, it was a, it was a very, I mean, there were opinions on that thread. Yes. That thread was lit. So uh, join our creative talks group, join along, follow along and uh, add your own suggestions because there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of social media sins out there and we need to know about them. We do. We need to know about them. So this week's reply all is what is the worst purchase you've ever made? Nick, can you think off the top of your head what, what your worst purchase decision ever was? I think the worst thing I ever purchased, uh, man. There can be a lot to that. It can be like, you know, the buyer's yeah. remorse thing. It can be like you thought it was a great thing and then it just wasn't what it seemed to be. Recently, I guess recently would would be I purchased a uh, earlier this year I purchased the set of Bluetooth headphones, um, the Beats, just the wireless Beats uh, headphones, okay. and I probably used them like three times. <laughs> so something expensive that you just don't use. Yeah, it was yeah, and I never use them. And eventually for Christmas I got some Sony wireless Bluetooth headphones. Oh my gosh well worth the purchase well, they're go. like over the ear headphones and i love them to death but the beats ones were just the ones that i purchased that i literally i never used them and they they sat in my closet my wife uses them all the time now so that's that's a good thing yeah so they did find they did find life but uh yeah. they did sit on my shelf for a while yeah um, what about you what, yeah what was I, yours? I uh i purchased a it was like an iphone holder that you can it was called pickbot on kickstarter and mm -hmm. by the time i got it, it it was like a long time later and i really didn't need it anymore and or want it so it's been sitting in a in a in a drawer like not and now not you have the google used. pixel now you have the google pixel so now i have the google you can't pixel. even use well, it. no the pickbot holds your, your smartphone and kind of can oh, let okay. you uh make it pan and, and these different things. And there were some things I was trying to do with the smartphone at the time. And, um, now, now, it, it, now it's just kind of old hat and like, you know, DJI has their whole gimbal thing. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, that stuff would be better anyway for not much more of the cost. So there you go. Well, we can't wait to hear from you. If you want to answer, you can definitely go on by like we've been talking about our creative groups, our creative talks group on Facebook. On that note, we'll go ahead and we'll wrap things up. There are a few great ways you can share your appreciation for the creative church podcast. First, subscribe and add us to your favorite podcatcher. Uh, we also release all of our episodes on our website at creativechurch.com, a newly designed website, creativechurch.com. Yep, looks yeah. beautiful. And also, uh, review this podcast and show us some rating star love on iTunes so we can get more exposure and more people can find us. And we can tell you how you can earn up to $5,000 um, a week by working at home. Lastly, consider sharing this episode on social media. You can find us by searching our handle at Creative Church. That's one word, CRTV Church. Special thanks to Mike for joining us today. You can check out all that he's doing by heading over to our podcast episode page on our website at creativechurch.com. Also, thanks to Sock Up for sponsoring today's show. Do us a big favor. Go check him out and uh, sign up for that 14-day free trial. In the meantime, 
I'm Nick Goodner. I'm Ross Montgomery. And we will see you next episode. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Creative Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at creativechurch.com. That's crtvchurch.com. Also, check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Creative Church. He has been drawing since he could eat crayons, and this passion led him to the... (laughs) He has a passion for eating crayons.